0: Come out swinging in the New York Times, so he is an interesting addition to their op-ed page. Last year, whenever it was, he came over from the Wall Street Journal. People went crazy at the New York Times. Oh, this was the conservative guy that everybody f- conservative-ish okay. guy who, uh, who who yeah, it's like David Frum, who they're always
1: quoting, who's really left the center, just not as left.
0: But, but he came from the Wall Street Journal, which for a lot of you know New York Times readers is might as well be Fox News. Um, uh, and, and people went crazy and canceling their subscriptions and all that that sort of stuff. Brett Stevens today with a piece on, uh, thank God for Donald Trump, because somebody needs to stand up to this ridiculousness that is bringing forward all these charges with no evidence. And he cites some of the New York times articles, including the ice chucking incident. Yes. And, uh, yeah, really good stuff. Might have to read some, uh, from that a little bit later. God, he also hits on this, which is a real good one. Um, he goes through the, all the moments that have made him thankful for Trump to be enough of a bully to stand up to this. And he has not been on Trump's side. If you've Mm -hmm. been reading his columns for the last year and a half at all, um, listening to Richard Blumenthal lecture Kavanaugh on the legal concept of falsus in omnibus false in one thing, false in everything. When the Senator from Connecticut lied shamelessly for years about his military service and then feeling grateful to Trump for having the simple nerve to point out the naked hypocrisy. It's true. Nobody else did. Right. Nobody else said, hey, the guy who just quoted Latin about if you lie about one thing, you can't trust anything claimed for years he was a war hero and he wasn't even there. So that might be worth mentioning. And only the super bully Trump, you know, made any noise about it.
1: Right. Right. You know, it's funny. The whole I like Trump because he tells it like it is. Well, some of the time, he just makes us up. I mean, he, he tells it like it isn't all the time. And he tells it like it is a lot, too. So that's why he's such a complicated character.
0: I mean... Boy, Brett Stevens calling out the New York Times for the ice-chucking story. Beautiful. That, they, that they, uh, they brought us all. Beautiful. That's something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, listen, we've got a lot of really good stuff. Is there more to that, or are you good?
0: Uh it's it's long and good but maybe I'll pick up more juicy chunks. I like juicy chunks. Oh me too. Yeah. yeah. Juicy chunks also
1: my favorite old Mississippi bluesman is, uh, what was his signature tune, Mama Put the Kettle On? I
0: can't remember. I thought she was opening for Stormy Daniels at the strip club
2: oh.
1: Friday night. I don't uh,
0: No, I'm going to leave that hanging. The lower card is Juicy Jones. The
1: undercard, <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting? I was reading about the Stormy Daniels is doing a two-nighter at a
0: Sacramento area strip club. I just got a text from Buddy who says all his friends are going. Yeah. So maybe it is going to be packed.
1: You know, I, I ought to go. Um, uh, she costs eight times more. For the strip club than the standard uh, porn gal to book. Eight times more. But they're charging a, bar- a bargain rate of 40 bucks a throw to get in.
0: $40 to
1: get yeah. in? Well, their usual cover charge is 30 So Wow, that seems like a lot of money. It's not that big a premium. Eh, eh, would it be more entertaining than a Broadway show? I say, yeah, it's about a tenth the price. <laughs> um, Where were we? Ah, yes. So we have some highlights for you. And it's funny, I'm looking over the highlights of our long conversation with Mike Rogers, former chairman of the uh, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence of in the House. Um, and, and I'm reminded of what a really good conversation it was. Uh, and we'll play you some of those highlights uh, on the radio show in a moment or two. Uh, but we've got a late night joke off, right? What's the theme?
0: So the, the, the presidential text that went out to everybody yesterday, in theory, oh, yeah. I didn't get it. Oh, I did. I'm on the list. That's kind of interesting. How come I didn't get it? Joe, if something goes down, can you just text me that, oh, the, yeah. that they texted you? Dear Sean, we are under attack. <laughs> Signed, Joe. Have you heard anything as to why some people didn't get it? It's status, really. I hate to do that <laughs> direct, but... But I thought the whole rub was the president has the ability to force a message on everybody with the phone. Well, I didn't get it, and Sean didn't.
1: You know, I just heard one news report that said most people will be getting it, some will not, with no further elaboration. <laughs> oh, <God>. So <laughs> thanks,
3: I, news. I, <laughs> yeah, I got,
1: I got. very helpful. <laughs> I, like them, I got
0: nothing for you. <laughs> uh, so I could be squashed by a tsunami, <laughs> for instance. While you had run to cover. Exactly. I'd be on the high
1: ground thinking a poor Jack down there with the poor people. <laughs> it's a shame, isn't it? Listen to their cries of pain and fear. Mm. So sad. Pass me another cocktail. Uh, let's um, let's, uh, let's uh, grade each of the comedian's efforts. And uh, whoever gets the worst grade will be banned for life from comedy.
0: Millions of cell phone users in the United States received the first nationwide test of the presidential alert emergency text system. Did everybody get it? Did everyone get this text Yeah. Sorry to everyone who muted the president on Twitter. I'm
1: afraid
3: there's just no escape. That's right, there's a new FEMA alert system that allowed Trump to text the whole country. It was a historic moment, because it's the
2: first time Eric Trump has ever gotten a text from his dad. He's like,
0: <laughs> That's
1: right. Everyone using a cell phone in America received a text alert from President Trump today. How did he get my number? Yelled Melania. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, this is unprecedented. We have, for Corden... A B. Solid B. I just like the mirth and good feeling about it. You liked the mirth of the joke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Fallon with a B-. minus. It was such a surprising punchline, and it, frankly, it was funny about Eric. Myers, also with a B. I thought that was a pretty good punchline. Unfortunately, Corden... Will be deducted a full grade for being a foreigner. That gets him every time, right? And and is received a C, which is a shame because it was a solid joke.
0: Yeah, but he
1: is the other. <laughs> it's important we keep him at arm's length. We got to see <laughs> if with <we laughs> a- suspicion. Appeal that scoring system. I... <laughs> some would suggest it's slightly xenophobic. <laughs> I want them run out of the country too. That was funny. That was some. Those were some solid jokes. Yeah, I got it while I was driving, but I don't look at text while I drive, so I just glanced and saw what it was and thought, oh, interesting. Hmm. It, it, um, I also had my ringer off, which is good because it, it makes kind of a scary sound. It's like, you ever gotten an Amber Alert when your ringer's on? scared the hell out of me. It was super loud one time. I thought I was on fire or, <laughs> or something, or there was an air raid happening.
0: I liked your portrayal a few minutes ago of you at the top of a hill drinking (laughs) wine while the rest of us are killed in a tsunami. Yes, that's a yes. An interesting image that you, uh, a picture you painted there.
2: (laughs) Says a lot about you.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) these are your fantasies. Here I am on top of the hill, wine for some reason. Mmm, delicious
1: Cabernet Sauvignon so dry so structured so complex oh listen to the cries <laughs> listen Jeez. to the cries of the boy. listen to them beg for life the people it's that terrible isn't didn't it didn't get the text do we exactly. have something
3: that pairs better with the cries <laughs> right right <laughs> honey
1: do turn up the yacht rock i can still hear the cries of the unfortunate
0: yacht rock yacht rock that's right is that a thing
1: yes hmm. it's a it's a channel on the Sirius XM don't you know yacht rock it's a, it's a soft lame uh, uh Quote, unquote, rock music for the uh, the sophisticated.
0: So how about when we come back?
1: <laughs> like occasionally, they'll really bang their head with some Billy Joel.
0: Two things on our podcast. First of all, where do you find it? Armstrongandgetty.com? And wherever podcasts are uh, given away for free because we're stupid. Coming up on Monday, we're going to record one with Kenneth Starr, which I'm looking forward Ooh, to because he's got yes. that book out about his experience of running the... You know, the, the special counsel on the Clintons back in the day in that impeachment, and obviously has a lot of insight into what Mueller's doing and Trump and all that sort of stuff. So that should be a pretty interesting convo.
1: Yeah, I'm really interested in in plumbing the depths of his feelings about uh, uh, special prosecutors or what was it called back? He was a special prosecutor now and special counsel, um, because many people involved in that process, including Brett Kavanaugh, got into it and thought, this is not a good idea. Right. Um. Right. Which, is, which is now being used to portray Brett Kavanaugh as believing Trump can be a king. But it, it's not that at all. It's that he saw the damage it did.
0: So, And as uh, he points out, we've got a process for eliminating presidents if they've done something wrong. Right. Yeah. It is different than this.
1: Right. Um, but, uh, and it, well, and I'm not going to steal the words out of his mouth before we even do the interview. But it also has to do with how easy it would be to turn that into a political tool to paralyze a presidency.
0: Um, but uh, back to the podcast thing. So we did one the other day. Mike Rogers, I don't know if you remember him. He was the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, which has been in the news a lot lately, and a former FBI agent. So we'll play a little bit of that podcast coming up because he had some interesting things to say.
1: Yeah, about all sorts of things, including the reputation of the FBI, China's plans. Can we, the citizens, handle the truth about the threats against the U.S.? Mm. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. Coming up on the Armstrong
1: and Getty Show. I'm
3: sorry. Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience of the the nation.
3: I was only having
2: fun. Greenberry. The
1: Armstrong and Getty
2: Show.
0: Mentioned earlier in the show, it's National Taco Day, whatever the hell that means. We got this text. Somebody said, I saw a large man in a t shirt. His t shirt said, I'm into fitness. Fitness taco into my mouth.
3: <laughs> it's raining tacos from out
0: of the That's sky. Funny. Fitness taco into my mouth. Don't need to ask why. <laughs> That's funny.
1: That's really good. You know what else is really good? When we, we get a chance to talk to a newsmaker, or a, we're, we're, we want to do this with like creative types too. Um, musicians movie makers and stuff painters it, architects the, the future <laughs> the armstrong and getty show <laughs> talking to painters for an hour Sculptors. You, imagine? you want to talk to my improv comedy troupe? no okay so we talked to uh mike rogers who was uh, the chairman right of the uh, permanent yeah. select committee on intelligence in the house for a long time he's an fbi agent among other things he's um writing and commentating and consulting now he's a really bright and interesting guy I talked to him about a number of topics, and here are a couple of the greatest hits. Let's have cut number one, please, Michael.
0: Right now. Cut number one. All right. Why is everybody... I was not surprised that FBI agents have political opinions. Everybody has a political opinion, uh, or or certainly... Certainly anybody who's smart should have one. Um, I was pretty surprised that people have as strong opinions that they share among each other in the midst of investigations about some of the particulars they're talking about. Was that shocking to you, talking about, of course, the, the struck page texts and that sort of thing?
2: Uh, well, what shocked me most was the volume of those texts. I don't know how either one of them got any work done. Yeah.
0: They, uh, there uh, was, affairs take was up a lot of time from
2: what, and what I read. They were texting each other. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it does. I mean, listen, every FBI agent has has some political belief. Uh, It's ingrained into you as a young agent or certainly used to be that none of that is allowed to filter into your work. Uh, You know, we're there's no gray area in the Bureau. You're either, you know, you investigate the crime, you find the details, you find the facts, you turn those over to the prosecutor for prosecution or or not. And so when you see that level of that discussion, now it was not as a part of their work. And I think, you know, if you were going to make the claim that it impacted their work, you'd have to show me how that did that. But clearly what was distracting to them was their relationship, which was in violation of FBI rules, uh, you know, etc.
1: That's one very small portion of our discussion on that topic. We also asked him about um, his experiences on the House Intelligence Committee.
0: You know a lot more than the average person, having been an FBI agent and then on the uh, Intelligence Committee. Can we handle the truth? Is there a lot more bad stuff going on? Th- way more than the average person realizes. We'd be horrified to know what you
2: know. Um, you mean as far as politics or this particular case? or Just, Trump, just
0: in general. Being an FBI agent, knowing how many bad people are they're out there doing bad things, being on the Intelligence Committee and all the stuff coming into you from around the world, its a, is it a significantly uglier world than we think it is? That's what I uh
2: There is plenty to keep you up at night, I will tell you that. Uh, no shortage of those stories, uh, for sure. Uh, and, you know, to me, that's just the way it is. I mean, you just think about a police officer in a city who doesn't say much, it's likely because they've seen the worst of it in those cities, uh, you know, and it's it's it becomes almost commonplace for them. And they do their job, and it keeps it away from the rest of the law-abiding citizens, at least we hope. And so I think that's exactly what you see in the intelligence. I mean, listen, what people don't understand is what America has, everybody wants. Uh, and they a lot of them are willing to do really bad things to get it. And so when you look at even nation states, the way they're changing tactics about how aggressive they're being on spying on the United States and trying to do disruptive cyber attacks, meaning cause harm, uh, you know, economic harm to American businesses and jobs and other things, all that's real and it's coming and it's here. And so just because your iPhone works every day and you think that you can, you know, be fat, dumb and happy strolling down the street there are there is really good people trying to keep the lid on this whole thing so i do believe that there is a, a little bit of a gap between what americans know uh and and or think they know and what is really happening i tell people we're in a cyber war in the united states uh most americans don't know it and we're not necessarily winning and most americans think as i said gosh everything works and i can now I have online banking now it's all great i don't care well it, it's it is I mean, it's it's some days are nerve wracking. I mean, imagine if if power goes out in a city like, you know, to fill in the blank, New York City and not for a day or two or three or a week. Well, how about 45 days or 60 days before they can get it back up and running? Because we've had a destructive nation state attack on our electric grid. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do people do, right? There's no food, there's no water, there's no sewer, there's no cash. What do you think happened to Netflix? In city of 8
1: million completely people? gone. Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> You'll have to listen to the fabulous podcast to hear what President Mike Rogers' uh, policy about cyber attacks would be. I'd
0: never heard anybody throw out that as a possibility, really. Isn't that and he's a guy who chaired the intelligence committee. He had the intelligence at the highest level, throwing out the idea of New York with no power for 45 days. Holy cow.
1: And uh, we also did a round the horn with him since he's a uh, intelligence and foreign policy expert about various uh, nations around the world, not least of which uh, was China. Number eight, please. So uh, let's jump into Time Machine with Xi Jinping briefly. Uh, what's his vision of China in 50 years? Is it merely an economic superpower? Is it a U.S.-style uh, military superpower? Or both? Uh, what do you think they're, they're working toward? Uh, I
2: think it's a little bit of both uh you know they often say and everybody who wants to sell to china says uh there's just this financial grind between us our two nations and i say yeah it's that but it might be a little bit more so they've told us they want to have a blue water navy that competes with the united states navy and they're well on their way to do that they for the first time i think it was maybe two years ago now they voted their parliament voted uh the communist party voted to allow troops outside of their what they would call their defensive region. So they put armed troops in uh, Djibouti, right? That's a big departure from a country that says we only have a military for defensive purposes. They're now making ports of call with their Navy in Latin America and other places around the world. That's certainly not in keeping with their At least their public statements that they're just a defensive nation, creating the islands in the South China Sea and then militarizing them, not in keeping. So they have all of these actions that don't fit their rhetoric of, gee, shucks, we're just trying to, you know, feed a billion people.
1: More to come of that sort of thing, too. For what it's worth, I love doing that. Oh, man, it's fun.
0: Long form conversations. Mm -hmm. Um,. Somebody asked, "Are we videoing the podcast to post them? Because that's a big thing for a lot of your podcasters. Should we be doing that, Hanson? Well, that's the sort of thing Hanson thinks about. I, I don't have time to trouble my head about it.
1: Oh no, your your creative genius can't be, yeah." Uh, you know. Saddled it's with logistics,
0: much more common in scenarios where all everybody's in the same room. And I was going to say yeah. you'd you'd have a video of us talking to somebody on the phone, but how about if we ran a video of a monkey washing a cat or something?
1: I'd get a million views. What's yeah. the one with the little monkey riding a baby pig? Boy, I like that one. <laughs> um,
0: we still sing that song at the house a lot. Why wouldn't you? It's one of the great songs ever written.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Please, nobody play it. Nobody sing it. Nobody even think of it or it'll be stuck in my head for the next six weeks till New York gets its power back um, uh, they well we could do what they do on the news when they have somebody on the phone is have Baby fo- monkey oh you're an ass um uh, we could uh, we could have file footage of the interviewee you know uh, pictures of them and sure. video of them walking about that sort of thing
0: <laughs> pictures of them walking about. Or we could uh, do the thing where you have a still picture and we like put lips in where their mouth is like Conan used to do. Well,
3: that's the idea we're running with. <laughs> Love it. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Democrats now blasting the FBI Kavanaugh report. We'll hear from them. More Russian intel officers being charged with hacking. And there is more evidence of four-day work week is the way to go. You got my vote. You know, Sean said the other day, and I think this is absolutely true, the Dems
0: already have a win, even with Kavanaugh ending up on the bench. In that they had vowed to their audience, their constituents, that we're going to fight this with everything we've got. And it looked for a while like we're just going to roll over and it's going to happen. And they get the full credit for fighting with everything they got from their peeps.
1: Right? Morally reprehensible, but correct. Yeah.
0: So stay tuned. You are listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. Gambling problem? If you're of a certain attitude on this whole Kavanaugh back and forth thing over the last couple of weeks, I think you might like this Brett Stevens column in the New York Times. So we've posted it at ArmstrongandGetty.com. He is not a Trump fan, Brett Stevens. I mean, he was anti-Trump from the beginning. I think he's one of the people that's even said he'll vote for a Democrat. I mean, he's super anti-Trump. But talking about how good it is that there's somebody that's enough of a bully and and strong enough to stand up to this crap. That nobody else is willing to stand up from, for because they're afraid they'll come off as anti-woman or not believing women or right, whatever. Right. And he says at the end, um, blah, 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 if there's evidence of Kavanaugh, uh, you know, he'll have to step down. This is before the FBI report today. And, and then he says at the end... Until then, I'll have to admit feeling grateful that in Trump, at least one big bully was willing to stand up to the others. And he goes through all the ridiculous claims that have been taken seriously and ridiculous things said without any scrutiny from the media whatsoever or other politicians, even Republicans, because they're so afraid.
1: Right. And he's not talking about the core accuser slash accusation. He's talking about the ridiculous character assassination stuff and how that's been breathlessly reported. Well, he gets Which into I the appreciate.
0: whole blaming all white males for everything. And, and, I heard that again this morning. That's so hot now. Oh, it is. And
1: scary. Well, but... and, and you know what's really scary about it is this: the woman who was talking about it, she just meant males. I mean, it was just had to do with men. But she had to throw in white because it's extra demeaning.
0: Yeah, I guess. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips.
3: Well, Senate Democrats are not happy about the FBI investigation of the assault allegations against Supreme Court nominee Kavanaugh. The report sent to the Senate early today. California Democrat Dianne Feinstein said the investigation was far too limited in scope. Senator... Oh, There's a surprise. Senator Chuck Schumer said that Democrats' worst fears about the investigation are indeed being realized. That this was a very limited process...
2: That would constrain the FBI from getting all the facts. Having received a thorough briefing on the documents, those fears have been realized. No! Second, I disagree, having received a briefing on all of the documents. I disagree with Senator Grassley's statement that there was no hint
3: of misconduct. Schumer once again calling... So there was a hint of misconduct. All right. Schumer once again calling for the documents with proper redaction to be made public. And he complained about the process the senators themselves are having to go
2: through to see the report in that secure room. The fact that there's only one document in there for 100 senators is another example of constraining the ability of all senators and the American public... To see the whole truth and nothing but.
0: Okay, well, that uh, clip is better if you didn't hear our reporter earlier today who said uh, the, the room had been open for hours and so far two senators had gone to see it. Right. So they're, they're not or being held back halves. by, right. by the, the rush of people to see it. Um, uh, the other thing on this, and we, we had an FBI guy on yesterday. Who said, no, they they got all the tools they need. I think it would be beneficial for, is Ray the current head of the FBI? Yeah. For yeah. him to come out and, and, and make a statement about to what extent they did have the ability to, to research this as much as they want mm-hmm. or not. I think that'd be helpful
1: to the FBI and to the country. Right. Right. I know they're cautious about making political statements like that or statements that will be political, you know, up until Comey
0: came along. Um, Yeah, it's a dangerous ground to go into, I realize. But, or or, or the opposite if it's true, but I don't think it is, where he would come out and say, you know, we were given uh, 50 bucks and a bus ticket (laughs) in three days to do this.
1: Told you you you'd talk to three people. Pick them.
3: Seven Russian military intelligence officers are being charged now in a sweeping U.S. criminal indictment. At the Justice Department today, the Assistant Attorney General John Demers accused the Russians of engaging in malicious cyber activities against the U.S. and allies. He said some of the charges involved the targeting of organizations investigating Russia's alleged use of chemical weapons. We are hearing more and more pushback from the U.S. about the hacking, the hacking efforts to get in to databases, including the one involving chemical weapons.
0: There's some scary uh, geopolitical stuff going on right now, and it's been obscured by Kavanaugh. 100% true. Yeah.
1: The uh, the Chinese played chicken with one of our destroyers the other day. Yep. captain had to throw it into reverse and turn sharply to avoid a collision uh, because we were act- doing what they call a free navigation exercise, mm-hmm. meaning sailing right through the usual routes, even though China's militarized an island, built China. an island. Then right. Mil- that's right, sir. Uh, built an island, militarized it, then said, no, nah, this is our territory. Well, we keep sailing by there to say, no, nah, the oceans are free. Well, they're getting more and more belligerent now about that. That is not a
3: small deal. Well, my friends, it is official. A four-day work week will be made permanent at a New Zealand company after a trial. Was... Are they taking applications? <laughs> the New Zealand company was uh, trial was so successful, it found there wasn't any down- downside at all. In fact, the staff reported better productivity, better work-life balance, and lower stress levels. I don't doubt
0: any of this a bit for most jobs. Don't doubt this a bit. That You get every bit as much done, you just have a better life. That makes perfectly good sense.
3: They worked four eight-hour days a week for two months at a company called Perpetual Guardian. It's a financial services company. They worked 32 hours a week. They got paid for 40. There were fewer work days missed staff took fewer breaks throughout the day as well the workers their uh, productivity was way way up and they were a- actually able to produce more in a shorter period of time does it say what they do uh, they uh, they handle uh, data for trusts and wills and that kind of thing they process okay. that kind of data all right okay and they also offer you can work five days a week if you want and you know shorter hours and they'll give you extra money extra benefits if you want to work five days or you just work four days anyway that's a wrap that's your news i'm marshall phillips the armstrong and Getty show the conscience of the nation sure there's some
1: businesses where that would not hold true this oh, one in particular a- yeah, but yeah. Uh,
3: i'm just thinking about uh, a lot of them
1: it would hold true though sure especially if you treated your folks like adults and said look um this will go away if if we're not as productive right. so do us a favor you know let's kick ass on those four days and then we'll all have three-day weekends all the time. It would be a rare, rare person indeed who wouldn't, you know, kick it into another gear. Somebody right?
0: who hates their wife or husband. That'd be it. Uh, and then... Trying to get away from their family.
1: Once they settle into or that... Or you
0: don't tell your family and you got a day to do whatever you want. <laughs>
1: right, right. For your paramour uh, or whatever.
0: Your affairs, your golfing.
1: Sure. Um, and then once people are used to that, right. then you tell them, we're going back to a five-day work week... And if I don't see a twenty percent increase in production, twenty-five percent, you're all fired.
0: Well, <laughs> you'd have been great in the eighteen hundreds. Oh, oh yeah.
1: No oh yeah. Shoe factory. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling at the little kids who are working oh, there. Yeah. Handing out
0: smokes oh, to keep oh, them motivated.
1: Geez. Right, exactly.
3: <laughs> the dangerous meat packing plants. Here you go, Jimmy. Oh, Here's yeah. a
1: smoke. You seem to be dragging a little yeah. bit.
3: Thanks, Mr. Giddy.
0: Yeah, Joe running one of those old timey meat packing plants.
3: Oh Lord.
0: Absolutely. So.
1: Dangerous, dangerous! Reach in there and pull that bone
0: out of the grinder. <laughs> Snap to it. We're all on the Facebook, aren't we? I'm not, but you are. Uh, some interesting Facebook news as they continue to screw us, <laughs> and all those um, all of your information that got stolen the other day—if it hadn't already been stolen—Facebook continuing to try to cover that up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the Nation, The
3: Armstrong and Getty Show. A flight from Phoenix to Boston
1: this week was forced to make an emergency landing after a passenger allegedly refused to stop doing pull-ups using the plane's overhead bins. <laughs> Said flight attendants, this is why we don't give you the full can of Coke.
0: All right, I get it, dude. You can do pull-ups. Sit down. Let us land. A couple of Facebook stories for you. So it used to be when you quit Facebook, they would hang on to your all your info for 14 days. Now, they've extended that to a month, and uh, they claim it's to help you. It's all to help you. I would claim that it's to get to hang on to the only thing that they have of any value, which is how they make their money, which is all your information that they sell to people. Right. As long as they can. Another Facebook story for you. You might remember uh, over the weekend, 50 million users had their accounts hacked. So, there was a conference call with mark zuckerberg and he said and i've seen this a couple of different places he said almost word for word the same thing he said like a half a dozen other times when all your information has been hacked and about how we have to do better here at facebook we value your information As much as you do, and we have to be better. He said almost exactly the same thing in this article in... What is this new website you like? Uh, Recode. Recode. Senator, Um, I'll have my team get back to you. They're saying, at what point do we just determine that either they don't care or they aren't good at keeping our information and stop taking his various statements at (laughs) face value? (laughs) Facebook hasn't gotten any better. Um... Facebook's premise has long been about control. You control what you share and who you share it with, who your friend or who you block. Over the past 12 months, the idea that you have control over your Facebook data or privacy has become almost laughable. I would agree.
1: That's good stuff. Yeah, this it is, is their
0: stuff. third data breach thing since the Cambridge Analytica thing happened. The thing, Which was the, a lot of lying and phoniness. Yeah. yeah, And the fact that he says almost word for word the same thing each time is yeah. kind of funny. Yeah
1: you ought to just add in now shut up and go away at the end of it because it's unspoken wow so uh listen i don't want to dwell on this because it's so serious um i don't know maybe we should headline from fairfield california 80 year old fairfield man was the victim of an unprovoked violent attack last week 80 years old taking a walk he likes to stay active all of a sudden, bam, he slugged me. I thought he slugged me. A homeless man he'd never seen before, never spoken to, stabbed him in the chest with a knife, then ran off. Monroe thought it was a punch till he looked down to see the blade still oh, stuck in his oh chest. Um, uh, the attacker was 31-year-old Dale Chodorowsky, an imposing figure, 6'3", 210.
0: Well, I'm guessing has a history of this sort of thing. I, I think it's, it's virtually assured. Um, but it doesn't say, but yes, as I've been told by law enforcement and city council people, if you're judging these people based on how they look when you, when you don't want to walk past them in the park or getting into a business, there's something wrong with you, not them.
1: Right. Beautiful. Then we got this, um, an email. It's actually, it's forwarding, mostly forwarding the text of a letter to local politicians,
0: I should say some law enforcement and city council people, not all of
1: them. Right. Others disagreed strongly.
0: Oh, yes. yeah,
1: Very much so. Yeah, I'm glad you're pointing that out. At any rate, this is a, um, a letter from one of our beloved listeners to their local uh, politicians and, I believe, sheriff's department. Um, And it starts with a description. I had to call a sheriff due to a man passed out in a car across the street from my house with his hands in his pants and a dope pipe in his lap. Then he left uh, work this evening. It was yesterday evening. There was a man on the edge of the parking lot. I approached him because he doesn't work at our place. And he looked like a junkie. He was counting several small pouches of what appeared to be heroin. Got spooked by me. uh, Ran across the street. He called the cops. Um, And then he talks at length about the homeless camp nearby. And the crime, the drugs, the junkies, um, everything that's going on. And he points out there are a lot of us who don't have enough money to move to the rich part of my county. I need to live here. Our neighborhoods are plunging downhill. And you guys aren't making any progress and and the rest of it. And he suggests that at some point, concerned citizens from that area are going to say, that's enough. And they're going to take action. What that action would look like, whether it could be justified, kind of depends on what the action is. But he suggested that if y'all don't do it, I'm going to find like-minded people, and we're going to do it. Um, the response from the politicians was kind of interesting. Uh, they disagree. They say the uh, the sheriff's department's doing their best, um,
0: and they also mention your best isn't good enough. I'm a tax-paying citizen. I have a home here. I have a family here. I want to live my life. Right. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I can't go outside my house. I can't go into the park. I can't walk into that business. That's What you're doing is not good enough.
1: Well, I agree 100% with you, but there's this. If you were referring to the challenge faced by law enforcement with respect to, and they talk about an illegal camp, a recent ruling by the Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals has put enforcement efforts at risk because the court determined enforcement against homeless people for camping in public is unconstitutional and a violation of their rights. As a result of this judicial ruling... Uh, Park rangers, sheriffs, etc. had to stop enforcing the county ordinance prohibiting camping without a permit. While at this time the Rangers are continuing to enforce ordinances related to campfires, littering, dogs off-leash, and possession of a shopping cart, this legal ruling puts everything in jeopardy.
0: Yeah, that's another uh, fantastic element. So you got the sketchy people you don't know in what state of inebriation they are or what their criminal background is. In or the their park, mental health. Their mental health in the park where you're supposed to take your kids, and they got their pit bull running around off-leash. Right. Freaking fantastic! Yeah. Why wouldn't I take my kids
1: there? I'm not hearing a lot of compassion here. I'm not hearing much compassion.
0: How about compassion for the taxpayer? How about we shut down the freaking parks? If I can't use them, nobody can. That's what I'd like to do. If the park is too scary to take your kids there, shut it down. Uh, Sell put, it
1: to a developer.
0: Yeah, put up apartments there. It's not benefiting me
1: in any way. It's not benefiting the people who paid for it. Right. This guy's a scary-looking bitch too. I mean, he he's completely crazy. The matted hair, matted beard. Dabbing an eighty year old out of nowhere. That's rough. Murderously crazy. Criminally insane. But you gotta put up with it, folks, because you know, doing anything about it would be you know, not compassionate. It's unbelievable. On a lighter note, I because do think the tide is turning.
0: The tide is turning, I think. Oh yeah. So Oh,
1: absolutely. You know, and it takes a while before a tide fully comes in. But from tip to tail of the West Coast. I mean, from San Diego to Seattle and all points in between, you know, Sacramento and Portland, we get this all the
0: time. People are fed up. And I'll tell you, your letters, your calls to city council members and, you know, whoever, that, that makes a difference. It, it actually makes a difference. It does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So keep it up. I'm glad the uh, the old fellow going to be all right, they think, although he is traumatized. I oh, mean, hell listen, yeah. And listen, you, you compassionate salespeople.
0: And I'm not an uncompassioned person, either, for what it's worth. Um, Aside from that whole standing on top of the hill with your wine thing earlier.
1: That was a humorous, humorous (laughs) parody, Jack. Um, How many of you people preaching compassion are talking about victims of sexual assault and how that damage can last a lifetime? Believed Christine Blasey Ford that she couldn't concentrate in college because, you know, of what was alleged. You believe that. You embrace that. You thought there should be compassion. What if you were walking down the street and out of nowhere somebody plunged a knife into your chest randomly for no reason? What would that do to you for the rest of your life? You're asking for compassion? How about you
0: show a little? That's a good one. Thank you. I'm here all week. You're Joe Getty. I'm Joe Getty. And this is the Armstrong and Getty Show.